Booker Tov, we are still in chapter 78. This is the third installment of this chapter. Fascinating chapter. Going through how uh, the children of Bnei Israel must be educated because so that they can learn to respond to the bounty of God in a way different than their than their ancestors. Their ancestors received all the blessing in the world, like the, the man and the slab and the water from the rock twice and this and that. And they still rebelled against God and they still questioned God. I think we got up to... I think Islamic Dalit, no? Let me see. He gave them the man. A lot of this chapter is so interesting. And they already they God got angry at them. Yeah, we're on Lamed. Lamed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's around okay. where we are. Yeah. And nevertheless, Bnei Israel sinned. And they did not believe in God's wonders. He ended their days in futility, meaning he caused them to just die with nothing. And their years in terror. That's probably referring to their death in the desert without actually entering into the land of Israel. Now when he would kill them, they would then again seek him out. Only when God would punish them would Bnei Israel seek him out. And they would return and they would search for the Almighty. Vishiharu uh, is an interesting word that comes up. Uh, means to seek something out. It also seems to mean to wake up early. So it's like you wake up early with intent. Yeah, like Ramavino. Yeah. Exactly. And they remember that God is their rock and the Almighty God is their Goel, is their Redeemer. Yeah. So finally they remember, remember that, but we will see. It's not <laughs> so. It's not so long lasting. It's very, it's very human things. Yeah, uh, and it's it's uh, not very long lasting. Pasuk lamedvav vayfatuhu befihem ovil shonam yechazevulo, but they lie. They tricked him with their mouths and with their tongues. They lied to him, meaning that this was all external teshuva, wasn't internal teshuva. So when. God would kill them. They would say, oh, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. But in their heart of hearts, they're like, ah, let's just get through this time and we'll go back to our ways. Okay? Their heart was not aligned with him. And they were not committed or faithful to the covenant. Now, uh, Radak has... Actually, I wish I brought the Radak. Um, let me see if I could find the Radak I was reading last night. Wow. Unbelievable Radak. He has some so, some famous oh. perushim on here. It's so difficult to digest. Is there any way I could pause this and go get the Tehilim with the Radak? All right, so we won't. Uh, I won't find the Radak, but um, we still have Monday. We still have Monday, exactly. So uh, their their heart was not. Uh, steadfast with God and they were not committed to his covenant yet now this is a pasuk that we know yet pasuk now God although we were doing teshuva but only on the surface and not with sincerity he was being merciful would give us kapara anyhow. and he would anyhow anyhow, anyhow, anyhow and he wouldn't destroy and he would 
he would abundantly restrain his anger, meaning constantly and continuously restrain his anger. And he would not uh, let his, all of his anger out. He would not let it... Uh, withhold it. He would not... He, he, he withheld it. He wouldn't let it all out. And he would, and he, and God remembered that we are just flesh, and we are like a passing wind that does not return. Okay, so in Al Radak has two comments. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you them outside. Okay, one, he says, in theory, this doesn't make any sense because we're saying that Bnei Israel would do fake teshuvah, yet and God would have mercy and He would bring kapara for us. He said, why would God bring kapara if the teshuvah isn't done with sincerity? So he says an interesting comment. I, I don't know if it's philosophically um, necessary to believe. But he says that very often, Borei Olam brings kapara on external teshuvah that's not sincere. Because if other people would see that this guy is doing teshuvah, they don't know that he's not sincere. And if they see that the kapara that's is it. not brought then they're going to lose faith in the process of Teshuvah. Yes, you're doing it for others. So yeah. God is doing it for others. So the wow. says, fascinating He's idea. beautiful. Fascinating idea. He says, here... He uses, he, anyhow he uses him or her. Anyway, he, he brings Kapara for him. He gives him so, atonement. Not full. To be, to be an example, to be an, a good example for the other. Exactly. Maybe not, you, save, you save others. Exactly. Not a full atonement, but whatever the guy is doing, external Teshuvah, everybody's, oh, the guy's all of a sudden become... And then, and then they say, okay, so his, his life has to get better. He needs to... Have, they, and maybe they have a chance. Maybe there's still a chance. Maybe there's still a chance. That he's gonna do yeah, exactly. Better. And then he's going to do internal teshuva. Okay, so that's what the Radak says. That will do that for other people not to lose faith in the process. Because how do they, they know that internally the guy's heart is gone? They cannot read. If you want to ask a further question on the Radak, how do I see the kapara anyways? It's not like I could... I could see when Borei Olam is bringing kapara for a person. Like... How would I know, anyways, that someone is getting kapara? But that's let's say we could leave our questions aside. It's an interesting radak because sometimes these philosophical points of how God interacts with human beings when the radak explains his thinking, it's interesting. You all of a sudden see his opinion. Now another uh, another pasuk that he comments on pasuk and he says, and he remembers that they are flesh and a and a, and a passing breeze that does not return. Now passing breeze does not return. He says it's referring to the nefesh. That the nefesh gets blown into us, and then when the nefesh leaves, it never comes back. Amazing. Now the Radak says, "But what do you mean? I thought there was going to be techiyat hametim." So he says, "The ones that they're not, they're not." No, so that's not that's not what he says. He says uh, this isn't referring to the techiyat hametim. He's saying it's referring to nature, meaning by nature, the as soon as a person dies, there's no coming back. Obviously. He says, but, and that's by the nature of things. But don't. It's not the pasuk isn't saying that the that there will never be a time in which the spirit comes back. Meaning, what he's saying is that this pasuk is describing the, the natural reality that he realizes that human beings are are a breath of air that leaves and doesn't come back typically. But don't think that there won't be a time when the when the breaths don't come back because in times of tichayatamitim they will. Okay, so also in that pasuk, Aradak makes sure to to. Correct you in case you're thinking something the that's uh, philosophically not uh, in line with the Tehiyat HaMetim concept. Okay. Pazuk Mem. Kama yamruhu bamidbar ya'atsivuhu bishimon. How often did they defy him in the desert and did they distress him in the desolate land? Now, we're going back to Ben Israel's issues. Okay, so we did one round of complaints 
of Bnei Israel and how Hashem still gave them kapara, still uh, uh, um, uh, brought good for, uh, good for them. He cared for them. Now we go back to another round of history. Mm-hmm. And this time we're going to describe how God did all of the miracles, not in the what desert, but in, in Egypt. No, no, oh, no Egypt. Pre- we're going backwards. Even backwards. We're going backwards. First we did the desert miracles, now we're going to go even further back, oh, okay, the Egypt okay, miracles. Okay. Okay? So and they returned and they tested God and the Holy One of Israel. They confined. Now, what is, how am I getting the word confined from the word hitvu? Very interesting for people who like uh, Hebrew linguistics. Mm-hmm. Hitvu, they're saying that it means, and he, they put a border around God, as if they said that God can't, can only do certain things and not other things. Right? That's they limit, what they limited. they limited God, exactly. Now, how does that come from the word hitvu? So, the word hitvu, you see it in the borders of Eretz Israel, in which Pasuk, uh, in which um, Parasha is the borders of Eretz Israel. I don't remember which parasha it's in, but for example, it says, avita lachem kedma, and you shall put the border on the border of the east. avita there has the same shorsh of hitvu, and it means a border of uh, a land. So whenever you're doing matveh to Hashem, you're bordering, you're you're enclosing Hashem in a border, so you're limiting Hashem. Okay, so that's the linguistic thing of that pasuk. They did not remember his hand. Which hand? The Yada Chazaka that he took us out of Egypt with. The, hand, the day that he redeemed them from their foes or from their enemies. That he put in Mitzrayim his miracles. And his marvels in the fields of Tso'an. Tso'an is another word for Egypt. Right, it's, a, it's an area within Egypt. Okay? Now we get into the Makot. And what did God do that He, he uh, helped us against our enemies? He turned their rivers into blood. And their waters turned into blood so they could not drink. As the Pasuk says, They were not able to drink from the waters of the river. Now, here seems to expand it a little bit. Because in the Pasuk it says that they turned the river to blood. Correct. And then the Egyptians had to dig around the to, to get, thing, to, to get new, new wells water. so they could find water that was clean. And it seems from the Peshat that they were able to find yes. other waters that were yes. clean so that they could drink. Yeah, it says everywhere. Here it says that he turned their rivers into blood. And, and even the, streams, the, the stream, stream, the drinking water, yes. he turned to blood. So they couldn't even drink. So from here you may think that their, their attempts at digging wells in Parashat Shemot were not successful. Okay, their, their attempts at, uh, at, at digging frogs were not successful. So this is an example of like an internal commentary in the Tanakh. Where from the Tehillim, we're trying to see, get a better picture of what really happened in Parashat Va'era. Okay? I can use these together. Yeah, exactly. Pasuk Mem He. And you'll see that we do. For example, there's going to be an, a segment of the Haggadah which draws from this Mizmor in Tehillim. Yeshalach Bahem Arov Vayochelem. So here's an interesting pasuk that I mentioned the first class of chapter 78. He sent them an arov that devoured them. And he sent them frogs which destroyed them. 
Now, two points on this one. Academics say that the Arov was not the wild beasts. They were. It was a swarm of bees or something like that. Bees. Now, the problem... Insects. insects some, some small thing. The problem is that the words used in this pasuk to describe the Arov is that he sent them Arov vayochilem and it ate them. So it's, it's much... You don't say that the, the bugs came and ate the people. Uh, That's the, correct. Uh, you need a much larger animal. You go, a, bu- an, a, a bug could come and bite a person, yes, but it but can't it eat, eat the person. Correct. So this would be contradictory well, to the well, academic approach of what the means. Is, yes, but we don't... Uh, uh, it doesn't seem like they brought gigantic bugs that were a new creation. You know? um, so this would be a confirmation, support, confirmation a of the more typical interpretation of the Arov, which is that it's the wild beasts that come and eat them. Right? This is where the Tehillim helps you understand what's going on there. Another one, The Tzvardea came and destroyed them. Now there's a more of a modern approach to the Tzvardea, which says it includes crocodiles. Now if it's just frogs, it's hard to say, the frogs destroyed them. I could say distressed them would make some sense, that the frogs distressed them and caused them trouble. But destroyed them, maybe it's bigger animals that actually cause destruction. So it could be that the crocodiles... Uh, alligators, whatever it is, are part of the Tzifardea as well, based on this pasuk. So we're seeing that there are interesting things we may be able to, to glean from these pasukim that are not, the main goal of this pasuk isn't to teach us about the ten plates. It's to tell us about what God did and how Bani Yisrael weren't thankful for the miracles that God did. But in the descriptions of the plagues, we're learning very interesting things. Very interesting details. So we continue Bezrat Hashem on so Monday. the formula. What? You're learning the formula. Yeah, the formula for interpreting the yes. talk. Okay, but we continue Pasuk Memvav on Monday. Baruch Adonai Lulam, Amen Vamen.